more passive investing without index funds. This is a post that I wrote earlier in 2020, but it's still the approach that I follow today in early 2021. In summary, I've moved all my investments to a more passive approach so I can divert more time to building businesses instead of stock picking or reading about markets. My liquid holdings are now 30% equity, 30% RET, real estate investment trust, 30% cash, 5% Bitcoin, and 5% gold. All of my equity is in Berkshire Hathaway. All of my real estate investment trust holding is in store capital. Even though I'm taking a passive approach, I'm trying to avoid index funds because I'm concerned with conflicts of interest, herd mentality, and financializations. Why am I going more passive? I was stock picking to some degree because it provided motivation for me to learn about certain businesses, e.g. learning about rats through store capital, learning about airlines through Ryanair and Southwest. I also thought that over time I would, I would become good enough to get an edge over the market. I still think that investing in individual stocks and reading quarterly reports is a decent way to learn about businesses. I still do this for Berkshire and for store capital. However, I was looking at the Seeking Alpha app on my phone too much and found that distracting. At the start of September in 2020, I uninstalled the app. Since then, I've decided that building my own businesses is a more worthwhile use of my time. I would also like to read less news and read more books. News changes a lot day to day, whereas good books tend to have learnings that are more lasting. Lastly, having seen stocks move through COVID, I have a greater appreciation for the difficulty of stock picking. I felt a need to take a simpler approach with my investments. So why 30-30-30-5-5 in equity, ret, cash, Bitcoin, gold? I like a little Bitcoin and gold's a hedge against inflation. I'm not sure if either of them are a perfect hedge, but I think holding them in a small amount gives the potential for a hedge. I may lose all of the money in Bitcoin, but I think that it's worth the upside. Uh, for what it's worth, I've had roughly 5% of my liquid funds in gold and Bitcoin for a number of years, so this isn't a recent change. I've talked before on my blog on ronanmcgovern.com about the Benjamin Graham 50-50 split uh, that he recommends between stocks and bonds. Um, there's also a 30-30-30, or roughly three-thirds split into equity, real estate, and cash or bonds that Gerd Gigerenser recommends in his book, Risk Savvy. Um, given how much money is being printed at the moment by the Fed in the US and uh, by the European Central Bank, uh, given the size of the US debt and debts of European countries and the weakening of the dollar and the euro as well, I think that having some real estate is probably wise as a real asset. Real estate is also a huge asset class and it's similar in size to the US equities market. So it seems to me that it's probably a type of exposure in an asset class that you want to own some of. As a side note uh, from a comment from Nassim Taleb about stocks during 2020, given the Federal Reserve money printing, he said, you can't afford to be in stocks, but you can't afford not to be in stocks. So why use broad market index funds? Why not use broad market index funds? Well, I think it's likely a reasonable approach to use a broad market index funds for stocks and maybe also for rets. Uh, such as Vanguard funds or Schwab. 
Um, however, I do think there is some head herd mentality in the market with index funds. And while I can't exactly describe what might be going wrong, I have a good feeling that all of the money piling into passive um, index funds that mirror the market shape uh, has potentially got some downsides that we're not thinking about. And here are a few. So first of all, conflicts of interest. Um, while index funds now have near zero management fees, so they'll advertise zero commissions and trade zero management fees, the index fund managers are receiving payments in other ways. Um, they're often getting paid by exchanges, the companies that execute the buying and selling of stocks for them. Uh, Vanguard, Robinhood, Public, and many other companies are getting paid by the people that are doing that buying and selling of the stocks and for them and for their clients, and that's called payments for order flow. Um, so ultimately, where does that money come from? Well, it comes from us, the customer. Interestingly, Public, um, which is a company that encourages long-term investing in stocks through um, kind of a tech platform, they have recently pulled away from payments for order flow. So they are now relying on tips um, and they may introduce a monthly subscription as a means of getting their income. But Robinhood is still getting paid in this way. Um, Robinhood also receives payments for lending out the stocks you buy on their platform, uh, which introduces some risks as well that people don't fully appreciate. Second concern I'd have about these passive market indexes is herd mentality. People are just piling into index funds. Back in 2019, passive index funds got as large as managed funds uh, when measured by total assets under management. So there's just as much money that's just mirroring the market as actively thinking about which companies are the best to invest in. And I, I've yet to find a market where you do well in the long run by piling in late to the same strategy as everyone else. So <laughs> intuitively, if everybody's piling into index funds that mirror the market, um, because everybody's doing it, it seems to me that's probably the time when it's going to give the least returns. So maybe if you got in early, uh, you have a chance. But I think index funds are no longer in their early stage. They're now getting uh, their, a majority of the investment. <clears throat> Financialization. Um, so I think with everyone jumping into index funds, it means more people are spreading their money in the widest way possible into companies that they haven't even heard of. People, when they own uh, an index that mirrors the market, they own a piece of everything. And they, of course, aren't aware of what everything is. So my concern is that we're outsourcing and diluting our ability to influence our investments. And instead, we're calling on governments and rating agencies to be responsible for how companies are manage managed. Um, so we're asking companies like BlackRock and we're saying, well, how are you voting the shares that you hold on behalf of your index investors, rather than people taking responsibility of their own shares to make votes and to determine which companies they want to invest in. And my view is that I, I see a role for government in setting ground rules and how companies behave, uh, but I don't like that there are rating agencies um, that are influencing how companies are being governed. Uh, this is the problem we've had in the financial crisis in 2008, where we had uh, rating agencies still giving banks high rating of their credit, even though the banks had got very bad um, debt or very bad conditions uh, under very bad credit conditions. And in effect, we're now through some of the corporate social responsibility um, metrics, we're trying to have independent agencies or namely independent agencies rate the health of our companies. And these companies are often being paid by the companies they're rating in order to issue reports. And so this is very much the same problem that we have in the financial 
prices with uh, companies like Standard & Poor's or Moody's being paid by companies to issue ratings to them on their debt. I think it would be much better for people or investors to take responsibility at the grassroots level and put in the effort to follow, support, and influence the companies they invest in. And actually, that means less diversification. If you're really going to get involved, you can't get involved in every single company across the S&P 500. Um, you would have to focus on a few, and that, that whole philosophy is the opposite of the current diversification and index fund approach that people are taking now. So if not an index fund, then what's the alternative? Um, so what else can I use for equity? What else can I use for RETS real estate investment trust, which is uh, real estate type holding? Well, the answer is something that's gonna let me sleep at night, uh, which means something with a track record, something where managers of the company have skin in the game. They have a majority of their net worth or at least a significant portion in the asset. So that if the company does badly, they'll do badly. If the company does well, they'll do well. And um, ideally have some diversification within the companies that I own as well. Uh, I mean, within the company itself. So like for Berkshire Hathaway, they've got a long track record. Um, Warren Buffett has got pretty much all his net worth in the stock of that company. Um, and Berkshire also has good diversification itself across insurance. Uh, so I'm getting diversification through Berkshire rather than buying a ton of other companies. Um, I've owned Berkshire for a number of years now and uh, continuously increased my stake. Uh, for Reds, I have Store Capital. Store Capital is a holding actually of Berkshire Hathaway's that are an investor in Store Capital, uh, about 10% at the time of writing in 2020. And it's run by an industry veteran, Chris Falk, who's a big shareholder and, and CEO. Um, so he's got a lot of his net worth in the company. I've been uh, impressed through COVID with their monthly updates. Not an easy time for commercial real estate and their stock suffered a lot. Uh, because uh, some of their businesses, like uh, AMC Cinema is one of the customers who rents real estate from Store Capital, uh, obviously hasn't been open because cinemas have been closed. Um, Store Capital is reasonably well diversified. They've got property in uh, nearly all states at the time of writing. Their largest client is no more than about 2% of their portfolio, so they aren't too vulnerable to one single client. Um, I would give a caveat though, like picking store to represent uh, my real estate holding or picking Berkshire to represent equities. It's not perfectly diversified. It's not as diversified as the market, that's for sure. Um, by the way, store is focused on triple net leases to moderate to large businesses. Um, that means they get paid rent every month and the person who, the company who is renting out the commercial real estate pays the taxes and property. That's uh, property charges. That's what the triple net means. Um, and so I'm, I'm really not getting diversification beyond that specific category. I'm not getting uh, gross lease type diversification. I'm not getting diversification to very small commercial real estate or large commercial real estate. I'm not diversifying across residential. So this isn't perfectly diversified by any means. Um, and then lastly, coming on to cash and bonds, um, at the time of writing, I was holding US dollars. I was living in the US. Now I've got that split between US dollars and Euro. Um, I think if uh, interest rates were higher, it would make sense to hold bonds. But given how low interest rates are right now, um, I don't see any benefit in owning uh, short-term bonds over owning cash. And earning long-term bonds, I think, is risky, uh, given that if interest rates rise, which they have a lot of room to, then the long-term bond prices are going to go down significantly. So moving out to some last remarks, um, 
in terms of approach, I look at my portfolio at the start of every quarter um, to try and avoid the temptation of timing the market. Um, I will be keeping an eye on, on that 30% cash or bonds portion, depending on how uh, index, depending on how rates are moving. And going back to some of my concerns with my approach, um, there are succession concerns. Um, there's always underlying fraud concerns as well. When you put your money into a small number of companies, it's very possible that any company at a given time might suffer from bad actors. Um, so those risks are certainly there. The CEO succession risk is notable with Berkshire Hathaway, given how old Warren Buffett is. And Chris Volk is quite a bit younger at Store Capital, um, but uh, not as old, not as young as some of the CEOs, say, in the tech industry, like Mark Zuckerberg, just to pick a random example. And uh, that brings me to the end of this approach. Certainly not advice um, that would necessarily be appropriate for, for any or, or all of those listeners. But I uh, just wanted to share the way that I'm thinking about this and give a different framework. Um, that is the framework I'm using, um, which I think differs from the, the common knowledge approach of adopting ETFs right now.